Hi, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. Hey, this is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. Hello. It's really nice to be jumping on. That took a hot minute. <laughs> my gosh, it, it was like everything in the world was against us. I'm it really was. <laughs> You're not kidding about it. I just yeah. was telling Christy before we jumped on that today has sucked and everywhere I've gone, people have sucked and then I got home and my kids sucked. And I was like, is it just me? I said to my husband, like, is it just me? Does everyone suck today? And he's like, I don't know. And then he looks at my kids and is like, guys, stop sucking. <laughs> <laughs> we need to stop sucking for mom now. Yeah. Mom needs to, a non-sucking moment. <laughs> yeah. It didn't stop. It's great. I have a cold and I have this really gross cough. It's not COVID. Mm -hmm. It's okay. But... Anyway, today's my worst day, and I feel like garbage, and I took Robitussin, and that makes me feel, I'm like Robitussin drunk or whatever. Loopy. Something. <laughs> Some kind of weird balance between the jitters and grogginess, and I don't know what they put in that yeah. stuff, but. All right, well, give your voice a break for a second. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. No, I'm yeah, I know I sound funny. Do I sound raspy? Do I have like just a, a little bit sexy raspy voice? It does. It sounds a little sexy. Nice. Xavier, if you want to hire me, if you want to hire me for a sexy commercial or something, you, you got about two, three days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wanted to tell you, I'm hydrating. I'm staying hydrated with my new Crimes and Closets water bottle. All right. Listen, we haven't plugged merch in a minute, and I don't really love to plug merch. This water bottle is bomb. It's yeah. really big. It's like one, 20 ounces, mm. which is big, but it's skinny. So it feels like a slim can of your favorite beverage by the pool. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. But it's so nice to hold and it's stainless steel and it says Crimes and Closets and our logo. And yeah. you guys should really check it out because I tell you, if I'm going to plug one, this is the one I'm going to plug. I want to get another one. It's really nice. It's a good I'm going to get one. Water bottle. I said I was going to get one when you made it, and then I forgot to. So I'm yeah, going to get so online after this. A few new things on the website. So you guys need to go and check it out. Click click the link in our bio. All right. And go to awesome. the merch. Yeah. Get the water well, I'm going to do that after this. Um, also, in other news, um, our votes were counted. And so we are doing our bonus episode at the end of this month yes, on August murder suicides. Okay, that's what the people picked today. That's what they wanted, yep. And so I'm kind of glad it wasn't cannibals. Oh, me too. <laughs> I said that too. When you put that up as an option, I was like, why did you put that one up? What if they picked hey, that? That would be terrible. <laughs> you sent me a list. And I was like, I'm going for some crazy stuff here because some of the stuff we'd kind of already done somewhat. Right. And I was like, so let's pull some stuff out that we haven't done. Mm -hmm. So anyway, but I'm still glad that it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so and yeah, so murder suicide wants to talk about that. for August 30th. So Come get ready for that. Join us and then serial killer september and there's a shirt on our website about serial killer september too if you want to order it now you'll probably have it by then go do the thing it's really cute comes in colors lots of colors wear it while you're listening and take a picture oh for sure oh my gosh yes we love getting pictures from you guys we have the like really cute listeners mm -hmm. they're way cuter than us 
Um, also, somebody, this is also random, speaking of listeners, um, Ashley, our listener Ashley, immediately wrote in and wanted that Ellen book oh, from yeah, last week's episode. Oh, yeah, nice congrats, Ashley. Yes, so it was in the mail, so she should actually have it by the time this episode drops. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Ashley, mm-hmm. send us a pic, girl. Yeah, yeah, yes. So, anyway. All right. I, have I have a else, crime but... story for you, Miss um, Christie. I do. It's a doozy. We say it. I need to make a shirt of that. I've said that, too. Yes. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if you're ready, Please. I'll hit you with it. Always ready. Cool. Okay, girl. Are you ready for this? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> Settle in. I am. I'm in my I'm in my bean bag. I'm real settled. <laughs> I'm glad. Get your drink. Here we go. Mm-hmm. This case was a suggestion from our listener, Beth. Oh, hello, down Beth. in South Carolina. Hello, Beth from Beth. Mm-hmm. Great name. It's one of my favorites, the name, of course. Mm-hmm. So I loved this case. It turned out to be a bit more than I bargained for when I initially began researching. So we'll see how long you guys are with us today because it might be an extra long episode. Well, that's fun. I mean, that it's turned into something that you weren't expecting. That's the fun part. Yeah, it always is. They always are, these Mm -hmm. listener suggestions. Um, Buckle up, because this is a really crazy story. It is the story of Sherry Smith and Deborah May Helmick. Yeah, okay. Any bells I don't know those names, no. Good, Good. Sherry Faye Smith, who goes by Sherry was born, or Sharon Faysmith, I'm sorry. Sharon Faysmith. I was like, goes Sherry to, goes by Sherry? That's, that's good. Let's Circle convenient. back. <laughs> she was born on June 25th of 1967 in Columbia, South Carolina. She was the middle child to parents Robert and Hilda Smith and had an older sister and a younger brother. The Smith family was pretty affluent and well-off and were rooted in church, and all of them had very strong southern christian values Mm -hmm. sharon was known for her vivacious and kind personality she rode horses and she sang with her sister a lot in church she was voted wittiest by her high school senior class do you remember those Mm -hmm. those superlatives most likely Mm -hmm. to succeed prettiest hair she yeah, was they the don't w- do those anymore, do they? I don't know. I don't know anything about high school these days. You would know sure. more about that. I'll let you know in three years if they have. <laughs> exactly. But she was wittiest. She had very long, very big, blonde hair. She was very pretty. <laughs> this was in the 80s. Okay. I'm picturing this hair. <laughs> yes. Post a picture. Come follow us. In May of 1985, Sherry was a 17-year-old high school senior, and she was two days away from her graduation, where she was going to be singing the national anthem. Oh, how nice. I know. She went to a graduation pool party on the day of May 31st. She left the party and was driving back to her family home by herself in her car. She pulled into the family's driveway, and they had a very long driveway. Mm. And she stopped at the end to get the mail out of the mailbox, which was pretty customary for somebody to do. If they were coming in later in the day, they would stop, get the mail, because it's kind of a drive to get there. And her father was sitting his in his office, and he saw her pull in and saw her stop to get the mail. Looked outside. Sherry's home. Cool. 
But about five minutes goes by and he realizes Sherry hasn't walked in the door yet. She's not come in. So he goes to the window, he looks outside and he sees her car still sitting there, but he doesn't see her. So he jumps in his car and drives down to the end of the driveway to the mailbox and finds her car. The door to her car was open and it was still running. The mail was on the ground. Her purse was in the passenger seat and her shoes were in the floor of the driver's seat. He could see bare footprints going from her car to the mailbox, but then nothing. No returning footprints. And Sherry was gone. She vanished. She was like literally gone out of thin air. So the family called the police immediately and filed a missing persons report and law enforcement was on it right away. These were super odd circumstances and it was really hard for anybody to believe that Sherry had just walked away. She didn't take her purse. Her car was left running. She didn't even have her shoes. Right. So they immediately suspect foul play. Because the family was pretty affluent, they assumed that Sherry may have been kidnapped and told the family to expect a ransom call or letter to come Mm -hmm. in the future. Two days later, a call does come in. Two days? Two days. Jeez. A man calls and asks to to speak to Sherry's mother. He tells her that Sherry is alive and well, and that they would be getting a letter from Sherry the following day. So police immediately suspect that this letter is going to have some information that they need to have. And they go down to the local post office and search through thousands of letters until they finally find one that's addressed to Sherry's family. And in the meantime, they also trace this phone call back to a payphone. But by the time they arrive, no one was there. Hmm. So this letter that they retrieve was two pages long and it was a letter handwritten from Sherry. And they know that for sure. They know that for sure. The family immediately recognizes Sherry's Sherry's handwriting. They say there is no doubt this is Sherry's handwriting. She has written this letter. And it was written on yellow legal pad paper, which, Mm -hmm. fun fact, is what I use when I research cases. (laughs) Yeah. At the top of the letter was written the date June 1st, 1985, and a time, 3.10 a.m. And the letter was titled... Last Will and Testament. Oh. This letter is heartbreaking. She is essentially saying goodbye to her family and friends. She tells them she loves them. She tells them not to let her death ruin their lives, to keep moving, moving forward and living for her. And she requested a closed casket. Two pages of this, of her just like saying goodbye, saying that she loves everyone. It's the saddest thing ever. So police immediately begin to process this letter for any possible evidence. But being that it's 1985, as you can imagine, this is a very slow going process. Mm, I was actually surprised that they were able to trace a phone call, but I guess that's... It took them 15 minutes. Oh, It takes them 15 minutes to get a trace, find out the location. That process yeah. takes 15 minutes. So from the time the call comes in, it's 15 minutes before they even know where to dispatch police. Right. So it's a yeah. very long process. So as you can imagine, this family, Sherry's family, who is getting this letter, is absolutely devastated. On one hand, they know that Sherry was still alive because she wrote this letter. But on the other hand, she was saying goodbye 
So they knew that there was a possibility that she was not going to be alive for very long. So hundreds of people show up. They're searching for Sherry. You know, we're talking about like helicopter, like whatever the resources were in this small South Carolina town. They had them out for this young teenage girl. That night, the man called again. And he told them, do you do you take me seriously now? Do you think I'm serious? And he asked them, call off the search. Sherry's fine. She's alive. She's well. Call him off. This call was also traced back to a payphone. But again, by the time the police arrived, there was no one there. There was no fingerprints, no evidence, nothing left on this phone. And different phones. Different payphone. Do you know how like proximity wise? Yeah, all of. So there's multiple calls that are going to take place during this story. All of them are within like a 10 mile Mm. span of their home. Okay. So over the next few days, he continued to call. He continued to speak to Sherry's mom. Again, trace back to pay phones, all within a really short radius of the home. He was taunting them, essentially mm-hmm. saying things like that, you know, Sherry was alive. She was fine. She was well. He and Sherry were one. They were one. They shared a soul. Okay. And he would talk about having these revelations from God about seeing Sherry and how they were, you know, just connected, crazy stuff. He made a total of eight calls to Sherry's family. And each time when they were traced back to these payphones, the police had just missed him. Oh, gosh. Five days after Sherry was abducted, the man calls again. And he tells Sherry's mom that on June 1st, which is the day after she was abducted at 4:58 a.m. he and Sherry had become one physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. They had become one soul. He then gave Sherry's mom directions to where they could find Sherry, them actually he says. You can find Sherry, you can find us. Oh saying my. that she was in the backyard of an abandoned home in a neighboring county. So investigators immediately leave. They have no idea what to expect. And they follow the directions to this abandoned home, went into the backyard. There they find Sherry dressed in the same clothes that she was wearing when she disappeared. Unfortunately, she was deceased. Oh, my gosh. She was laying on the ground. Her body was very badly decomposed. And the medical examiner had suspected that she had likely been killed within 12 hours of her abduction. So they assume that she was likely killed on June 1st at 4.58 a.m. when the man said, at this time, on this day, we became one. Oh, my gosh. So when he called two days after, she wasn't alive. All eight times. Yeah. All eight times, essentially, that he called, she had already been killed. Mm. They suspect. Due to how badly her body was decomposed, the cause of death could not definitively be determined. And they were also unable to determine if there had been a sexual assault. Mm. However, they did find residue of duct tape around her head and face and speculated that her cause of death was most likely from suffocation. Mm. There was no other evidence found at the scene or on Sherry's body. The family held a funeral for Sherry, and there were over 1,000 people in attendance. On the night of Sherry's funeral, after they get back from the service, the man calls again. 
What the hell does he want now? He asked to speak with Sherry's sister, not her mom. He proceeded to tell her sister how he killed Sherry. Can you handle it? He says, can you handle this? If I tell you how I killed her. He said that he put duct tape all around her head and around her face and that she had ultimately died because she was unable to breathe. Oh my goodness. Sick. How old is the sister? Mother effer. Well, Sherry was 19. I think the sister was like a couple years older. Oh, older. Okay. She was an older sister. Yeah. I mean, not that it makes it any better, but at no. least it wasn't like a 15 year old girl that he's still. Telling this oh my God. This poor family, yeah. right? So I'm going to tell you what happens next because there's more. Don't say it. Don't say it. After the break. This episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. Sometimes people ask us, how do you handle reading about murders and deaths all the time? Your brain must need a palate cleanse. And that's when I tell them about Best Fiends. Best Fiends is a fun mobile puzzle game that you can play anytime, anywhere. It's colorful, challenging, engaging, and it has the cutest little characters. Guys, they definitely distract my mind from all the true crime research that I do. I play it while having my morning tea, by the pool, laying in bed. You can probably tell I have a little bit of a summer cold right now, and so in my downtime while I've been resting, I have been playing Best Fiends. The best part is how they add new levels all the time so you're never bored, you're always engaged. So go engage your brain with fun new puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated puzzle game is a must-play. So download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Two weeks to the day after Sherry was abducted in a neighboring town. Okay, trigger warning, because this is terrible now you trigger warning <laughs> a little girl named deborah may helmick goes missing oh how little deborah may was nine. Mm, oh. Nine years old and she was cute as a button oh my goodness beautiful smile blonde hair deborah may was born november 12th 1978 nope 75 in canton ohio to her parents donald and also Deborah. Hmm. I think it's so funny. I have cousins and their names are Donald and Deborah, and they had kids and named them Donald and Deborah. Really? I know. Off, not, not awkward. You don't strange. Hear about it. or, you hear about it. Yeah, it's just yeah, different. In the summer of 1981, her family moved to South Carolina. She was the oldest of three children. She had a younger brother and a younger sister. She was very bright, very sweet, and her mother calls her a little mama. Hmm. said that she always wanted to help her younger siblings, teaching them, doing things for them. And when she grew up, she wanted to be a teacher or a school principal. Oh, so cute. That's sweet. On June 14th, 1985, Deborah May was playing in the front yard of their home with her younger siblings. Her mom was at work and her dad was inside looking over the three of them. This was broad daylight. Neighbors see a man pull up get out of his car, grab Deborah May, and then race away with her in the car. Oh my gosh. 
The neighbors immediately come running out. They're screaming. They tell Deborah May's father what they saw, and the police were immediately called. Because there had been witnesses, the police had a description of the car and the man, and they Im- immediately began searching for any possible suspects, but there is no luck. They can't find anyone. Days go by, and there is no sign of the man or the car or Deborah May. Hmm. Until... On June 22nd, eight days after Deborah May's abduction, a call comes in. But the call was made to Sherry's family. What? And it is the same man. Why is he calling them? Why is he calling them? Mm -hmm. Because he's crazy. You tell me. You tell me. The man tells Sherry's sister, you know that story of that missing girl? That missing girl in that neighboring county. I took her. I have her, Deborah May. And he then gives them detailed directions where to find her in a neighboring town. The call was again traced back to a payphone. And again, there was no one there when the police arrived. Investigators followed the directions and go out to the location, which is in a very wooded desolate area and they find the body of nine-year-old Deborah May. Oh my goodness. Deborah May's body was also very badly decomposed and they could not again definitively determine the cause of death or whether there was any type of sexual assault. She again had the duct tape residue around her face and head and they believe that Deborah May had also been killed within hours of her kidnapping And since they know that they're dealing with the same killer now because of this phone call, they assume that she was killed in a similar way that Sherry was by suffocation. Again, they find no evidence on Deborah May's body or at the scene. So as you can imagine, people, the community, law enforcement are freaking out, absolutely freaking out because this is some crazy man who's running around grabbing young girls killing them and making these crazy phone calls. And this becomes the largest manhunt in South Carolina history. Oh, wow. Even to this day. Oh, whoa. The only real evidence that they have is the evidence from the letter that Sherry had written. So the police hand this over to the FBI, who takes it in for some very, very serious forensic testing and analysis. They know that the letter was written on a standard yellow legal pad and the only fingerprints that were found were Sherry's after performing a number of different tests they were able to uncover indentations of what was written on the pages on top of Sherry's letter oh does that make sense so like Mm -hmm. somebody wrote something on a page of the legal pad flipped the page and then Sherry wrote Mm -hmm. her letter but you can like color it with a pencil yeah they did this like magnetic thing testing Mm -hmm. to it and they were able to see what was written on the page prior and they were able to recover a phone number that had all but one digit so on this letter that was written was like a to-do list of things to do it was like feeding animals paying bills calling certain people on certain dates and but there was this one specific phone number that was like an in case of an emergency Hmm. Call this number. 
So again, they were able to find this phone number, all but one digit of it. Okay, well, and, you got nine options, right? Right, exactly. So they knew it was an Alabama-based Alabama number because of the area code. So they just started plugging in all of the nine digits and randomly calling people, all of the possibilities mm. that could be. And they would call these people and they would say, do you have any connection to South Carolina? Right. Is there anybody you know there? Do you have any connection? Finally, they reached a man who said, yeah, I have a connection. My parents live in South Carolina. So police get the name of the parents, and it was the home of the Shepherds. They immediately go there and speak to the homeowners. Mr. Shepherd was a general contractor and lived fairly close to both Sherry and Deborah May. They bring him in for questioning. Mr. Shepherd is flabbergasted. I mean, he's like, I can't believe I'm being suspected of these crimes. I have no clue what's going on. I don't know why you're finding my phone number on this piece of paper that has been written by this woman. And he says that he and his wife just got back in town, that they had actually been gone on an extended vacation for six weeks. And during this period, both Sherry and Deborah May had gone missing and were killed. And they were not in South Carolina. Hmm. So credit card receipts, records, witnesses all confirm they're nowhere near South Carolina. The shepherds are cleared. They're nowhere near anything. But before Mr. Shepherd is released from questioning, the police try one last thing. And they say they want to play for him a recording of the man from one of the calls that were made to Sherry's family. So they have recordings of these phone calls mm -hmm. that were made to Sherry's family throughout you know, the course of all the time. And they say, we want to play this for you. We want to see what you think. The man listens, Mr. Shepard listens to the call. And immediately after hearing the man's voice, Mr. Shepard said, quote, that dirty son of a bitch. That's Larry Jean Bell. <gasps> was he using their house? So Larry Jean was a man that had done some electrical work for Mr. Shepard. Remember, he's a general contractor. Mm -hmm. And while they were on their extended vacation, he was actually house-setting for them, feeding mm -hmm. their animals, taking care of their business. They were gone for a month and a half. So he's staying at their house. The police searched the Shepard home, and they found the legal pad that had been used for Sherry's letter, and they found the list of the indentations mm -hmm. that they had found written and right there on that legal pad. In case of emergency, call the son. Exactly. <laughs> and it was their son that was the in case of emergency. Mm. They oh. also found six of Sherry's hairs in their bathroom. Mm. So she had been taken there. How there awful for that family too. Can like you I mean imagine mm -hmm. coming home from vacation and learning that your house was used in a murder? It's like a murder den for this guy. Oh my gosh, nightmare, right? Poor Mr. Shepherd. I know, right? Oof. Terrible. There was no evidence that they found that Deborah May had ever been taken there, but I mean they can't rule it out. Mm. It was during the time frame. They just couldn't right. find any evidence of her. So Mr. Shepard, bless his heart, helped the police capture this Larry Jean Bell. He said that he wanted to meet him for a job or whatever, and the police set up a roadblock. And on June 27th, 1985, 
Larry Jean was arrested for the kidnapping and first-degree murders of Sherry Smith and Deborah May Helmick. Woohoo! They searched his apartment, and more evidence was also found. Larry denied having anything to do with either one of these sweet girls' deaths. He was crazy. He was saying things like, they were... You know, saying we have this evidence, we have you here, we have, we know that you did this. And he was like, no, 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 that's not the Larry Jean Bell I know. About himself? Yes. (laughs) Wacko. Wacko. (laughs) Larry Jean Bell was 37 years old when he was arrested. He was born in Alabama, but his family moved around a lot and had lived in Columbia, South Carolina, which is close to where these murders took place during most of his high school years. Okay, this is, I don't mean to laugh, but this is laughable. He was in the U.S. Marine Corps, but only for a few months because he accidentally shot himself in the leg while he was trying to clean his gun. So he was discharged. Oh, because he discharged his weapon? He discharged his weapon onto himself <laughs> and therefore was discharged from the U.S. Marine Corps. Well, that's, that's sad. I mean, <laughs> seems par. Mm-hmm. He had previously been married and had a son, but was estranged from them and was living in the South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina area and working as an electrician when he committed these two disgusting crimes. Mm-hmm. Larry Jean had a history of deviant sexual behavior. As a teenager, he had sexually abused female relatives and in the 70s and early 80s had spent time in jail for harassment and attempted rape and attempted kidnapping and had also made obscene phone calls to a 10-year-old girl. What a winner. What a winner. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, shoot yourself somewhere more important than the lag, Larry Jean. Mm -hmm. Right? Right in the wiener. (laughs) (laughs) It is believed that Larry made these phone calls to Sherry's family because he wanted to prolong them finding the body. He was taunting them and trying to hold them off so that decomposition would progress and evidence would be lost. Okay. It's so disgusting that he called this family. Like, I can't get past that part that he just continuously called this family and talked to the, her mother. Well, right. And, but, and then, okay. So did, did he tell them why he called that family to tell about Deborah? No, never. No, he didn't say why, Mm-mm. why he didn't just call the other yeah, house. <laughs> no, it's weird. It's like he That's had some connection to her family or something. I don't even know. And the sister, cause he told the sister that yeah. one too, right? She was also like this young blonde girl. And I mean, it's said that he also said things like, you know, one of these days you're going to be with your sister. So it was almost like he, in these phone calls, kind of was threatening her. Like, I'm going to come for you too, P.S. Yeah. And it is believed, which I agree, that if they had not caught Larry when they did, he never would have stopped. Mm -mm. So they believe that Larry Jean had seen Sherry in town and followed her home and abducted her by luck, essentially, when she stopped at the mailbox. And then that he had randomly come across Deborah May as she was playing in her yard and kidnapped her. It's the scariest freaking thing. Like, oh, my gosh. No kidding. Gosh. 
Larry Jean went to trial for Sherry's murder in January of 1986, and it took the jury a whopping 47 minutes nice. to find him guilty of kidnapping and murder in the first degree. He then went to trial later in 1986 for the murder of Deborah May and was found guilty again of all charges. Larry was sentenced to death by electrocution. Electrocution. That's what he chose. Oh. And 10 years later, in October of 1996, Larry Jean Bell died by electrocution by the state of South Carolina. And he claimed to be Jesus Christ until his death. Shut up. He did. That was like the final twist of the final twist. He was the big JC. Oh, oh, okay. And because Jesus Christ was sent here to kidnap and kill people. Mm -hmm. God bless us all. That's what he said. Everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Interestingly, Larry Jean has been suspected in two other disappearances that happened in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh. In 1975, 21-year-old Denise Newsom Porch went missing. She lived in an apartment close to where Larry Jean lived at the time. Her body has never been found. Hmm. And Sandy Elaine Cornett was 26 years old and went missing in 1984. She was the fiance of Larry Jean's co-worker and friend. Her body has never been found. Both cases are unsolved, and both have been declared legally dead. They are both believed to have been abducted and killed by Larry Jean Bell by law enforcement because they have a clear connection to him. There just is no proof. And if that is the case, then this piece of trash is officially a serial killer. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, and that is the story of Larry Jean Bell. That I mean <laughs> And Sherry Smith and Deborah May Helmick. You you said there were twists and it was like just when you I thought you were done with the Jesus Christ thing. <laughs> 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 then all of a sudden there's two other people that are connected to him that are missing and murdered while well, yeah. they assume. And murdered. I looked into those cases and I really wish that we did know for sure if he if he had something to do with it and killed them. They are lovely women, beautiful women who, oh my gosh, were just such assets to their families and society. And I wish I could talk about them, but there's just no proof. And we don't know. I don't know that we'll ever know. Their bodies have never been found. So there's like quite literally no evidence. And and maybe you don't know this, but did they kind of link him to them after he had died? Like after he'd been put to death? They linked him to them. So like after he was arrested and was on trial and during that like 10 year period in which he, you know, was incarcerated and they had found him guilty. They were looking for, like, unsolved cases of people who met his profile. And these women just came up, I think. And they were able to link him to – they were able to connect them. Like, well, he – they – both of these women knew him. Right. I was wondering if they ever got a chance to, like, ask him about it. Oh, no. He denied to the day he died that he had anything to do with the other two. 
Yeah, that's true. He was innocent. He was Jesus. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He had nothing to do with that. Not 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 this Larry Jean Bell. Doesn't sound yeah. anything like him. That's what he said. I'm not kidding. This guy was a whack job. You, oh like, my I watched gosh. like three documentaries about this case, and it's a this is a big case. It's a really I, big case in South Carolina. I'd never heard of it. Thank you, Beth. Beth's yeah. always got the best downloads. Yeah, I had never heard of this case, and it's huge. Um, so I, 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 I want to say like I did not know the names, nothing. But when you were telling the story, the calling the sister, or mm-hmm. calling and asking for the sister, and telling her the details of the murder, um, that rang a bell. So I was like, mm. is, was there a show? Is there oh, like a made-for-TV movie about this? Oh, I don't know about or that. There's like something Forensic that... Files does an episode oh. on it, Investigation Discovery. There's a book yeah, maybe. about it. I, that part sounded familiar to me. And that he called again and spoke to the sister oh gosh, again. It's crazy. He's taunting these people with phone calls. Yeah. It's like murder calling you. Right. It's crazy. He was mm, crazy. Interesting. Very interesting. Crazy, calculated, sick man who covered his tracks. But it was the yellow legal pad that got him. Better stop writing on that. I'm not going to stop writing on it. No, I'm not. I'm going to always have them on my house because they're... (laughs) Well, I like them. They're fun to have around. That is literally what I research my cases on. Fun fact, guys. Well, I typically, I, I don't have a yellow one. Well, but I buy I them in bulk pad. from Amazon. I should. I stopped writing stuff down recently and started only typing in and like writing notes. And then this past week when I was, or two weeks ago when I was researching, um, Emery had given like, I don't know, he'd gotten some sort of like notepad and it was like one of those real thin but long ones. It's kind of what he called it as a reporter's notepad. You know, mm. the reporters like... They oh, just flip fun. the pages. And it was just on the counter and I grabbed it. And that's what I started writing my notes for my See, last there's case something on. For and was me just like, about that like overhead flip. No, I agree with you. Versus I was like, like a notebook that opens up like right to <laughs> yeah. left. It's like that yeah. overhead flip for me. There's something about it that just feels good. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what it is. No, so. I... I agree. I agree because I the, it like brought it back for me, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna have to start writing things out. I'll still type my story, but I'm gonna have to just like yeah, write. I gotta write them." Yeah. So anyway, also brought to mind as you're talking, one, she's abducted by a mailbox. Whoever I send that book to, watch out! You're gonna be getting it in the mailbox soon. <laughs> I don't want you to get abducted. If anybody has gotten my book. From Where the last case. Case. So you can run away. <laughs> Bless her heart. Number one. I can't imagine. I can't. I mean, like these poor girls and this s- gross Larry Jean. Blech. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And then the and then the other thing, little girl just playing in her yard. Or oh, whatever. I know. It's so scary. First of all, my kids are staying in the backyard. From now on, no second, joke. I'm not joking you. Yesterday ordered those little watches for them with GPS functions on them. 
I don't know about these. So enlightened. I'll let you know how it works. But I ordered some things like years ago and they just didn't, they weren't what I expected them to be. So I haven't used them. But there's watches now that you can program like 10 numbers in and it has GPS functioning. So you like can track your kids and they can call you in an emergency or even call 911 if it's a real emergency. But oh, okay. I am here for all of us true crimers are here for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I ordered it on Amazon because there's a ton of them out there. Well, we're going to have to we'll post see. it now. Yes, I will let you know. Yeah. Actually, by the time this airs, I will have some like data on whether they work well okay. or not. <laughs> so I'll keep you posted, everyone. Keep you posted. And also, I think this is a really fun intro to Serial Killer September, which is coming Very up. True. And it's a little teaser to serial killers. We hate them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're coming. Yeah. So that's yeah, going to be it's going to be a fun month, guys. It, it will really be a is. fun month. Yeah. And that actually may bring up which remember, I think I mentioned to you like there was another case suggestion of somebody from a while back and she's probably wondering, gosh, you do everybody's but mine. I should probably write her. Um that the whoever the victim was ended up being a victim of a serial killer. And I was like, well, I kind of want to save this. Mm. So there might be a listener suggestion that she didn't realize she was a listener suggestion for serial killer yeah. in September. We will do our best to get to you if you write us, for sure. Yeah, I will. In I fact, like I have we- two listener suggestions right now that are like pending. Right. Because one of them has a trial coming up and one of them oh. I had to request documents on. So we get to you. You just have to, sometimes it takes a minute for us to get all of the information that we need. So yeah, yeah. Hang Thankfully, there. we don't like uh, say, oh, we'll do it and we'll do it by. <laughs> no, like, I mean, okay, some, we'll look into it. We'll look into it. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are just, there's just not enough information and like, you know, it is what it is, but we try our best. Yes. No, I think but this I think was a good one. This was really good. This like, Larry Jean. Yeah, Larry Jean. Yeah, I was holding on to my pants. I researched this at my mama's house, and she kept walking by me, and my jaw was open. She was like, yay. Yeah, <laughs> That's what they say in West Virginia. Bringing that you know? back. Bringing it back. <laughs> yeah, she kept saying that to me, and I was like, no. Like, I am not okay. Nope. This guy is so disgusting. Oh, man, gosh. Calling no. the family. I can't even imagine. Can you even imagine if no. you were Mm-mm. talking to the person on the phone that had your child. No. And you're like saying, please don't kill them. That's what she, like the mom, every time she's like, please don't kill my daughter. Yeah. Please and little did she know she was probably already, well, she was. She was at the time. Yeah. They didn't know. And he's just like ranting all this weird stuff. Like, don't worry. She's well. We're one. Gosh. What a monster. Monster. Psychotic monster. <sighs> Well, and he's dead. Thank you, thank you for telling State us. South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, North South Carolina. Thank you, Beth, for telling the story. Thank you, Beth, for bringing the story to Beth's true. attention. We're double Beths, double, <laughs> double Queen Beth Bees here today. Yes, send Beth a wine glass. No, I don't even know if we have one. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but thank you for sending it in. We totally appreciate it. We, um, love it. As we say, every time we do a listener suggestion, we're like, keep them coming. Cause honestly, you're opening our eyes to 
cases that maybe and maybe we would have come across if we do this for the next 10 years, but maybe we never would have, you know, who knows? I don't know. They're good. This was good. They're good. Y'all are good. Y'all are good. Y'all like to listen to us tell the stories you want to know about. (laughs) So nice. It's such a compliment. Yes, it is. We, uh, we 100% appreciate all of you out there that listen to us. Um, It really, it truly, it boggles our minds sometimes when we look at our stats and we're like, wow, you know what Emery, Emery actually says to me a lot. He'll ask me, Oh, what's the update? Like how many listens you have? Blah, blah, blah. And I'll say something about like our average listener. And he'll say, think about if all of those people are right here, like what that, like, it's a lot, lot like sometimes we're like, we're not as big as others clearly, but it's freaking lot of people. And we love and it. We and we love you. Yes, we love each, each and every one of you. It's true. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Thank you for um, reviewing us, rating us. We love when that happens too. And no joke, we we know when it pops up because either Beth, usually Beth catches it before I do, but one of us is like always checking and we see it and we appreciate it and wish we could comment back 100% of the time. And we appreciate even the constructive criticism that you give us. So thank you, even for those that may not, we may not be your cup of tea. So we haven't keep very many of the non cup of tea. No, people. which is amazing in itself too. Like, it is. Yeah. So appreciate it. Anyway, so we love it. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for sticking with us. Thanks for following us. Thanks for finding us on social media. And thank you for writing in and being in contact with us and just reaching out. So we love you. We'll see you next week. Always remember the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closets.